Welcome to the Witcher Lorecast, where we take a look into the vast universe of the Witcher, such as the games, books, shows, and so much more. Welcome back, Witchers, to another episode of the Witcher Lorecast. I'm not Tom, but I am Toasty, um, and I know it's been a, a couple weeks now since the last episode, uh, as I was trying to figure some things out, get a new co-host, rearrange some stuff with the show to make sure uh, we could keep carrying on uh, without Tom. And I have with me my new co-host, Ben. Yep. Ben of Tamaria, as you know from the patron chats, if you ever listen to those patron chats, I so, am now here. Yeah, so you're familiar with him. I don't have to introduce him too, too much. Um, he's been, he's was the first patron and has been here the longest. So, you know, but uh, I mean, it was just, a, it was just, it seemed like the right choice. Ben's been doing a lot of podcasting as he shouts out on, on his, uh, on the patron chats, um, you know, about all his shows. Um, so he's now in this immersed in this world. Um, and he's about the, the most knowledgeable witcher guy. I know it's not myself. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I try to be sometimes. Try to be some on on the patron chats. This on the is about chats, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, we're back. Um, we're gonna start picking up episodes and hopefully, uh, you know, keeping the show going along. I'm really glad that uh we're not live streaming this, which uh, I guess I should probably say, um, we will not be live streaming episodes anymore. Um. Just going to be audio only, Um, so which the majority of people listening to this, I believe, consumed it that way. So not a big deal. But you know, it it's less stressful for me because my camera was blurring while I was talking, and it's like at least I have to worry about that shit anymore. That, or if we have technical difficulties. Yeah, which (laughs) always happen. So you know, it's fine. We're good. Um, But anyways. Uh, let's get into today's episode. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick back up with a the another bestiary episode, um, and I figured, you know, I just been looking through. We haven't touched on elementals yet, so you know, I just I decided to go with it because I was looking at some others. I will say, I, there was about three other monsters that I was like. I want to do these. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, I'll save those for October because these are scary monsters. That's definitely October. Yeah. And like Earth Elementals can be scary for sure, but I don't see them as like spooky scary. So No, no. They're only scary when you go in for an attack and then after your second hit in and it's like, oh, it don't stagger. Crap. And you die. Yeah, and then it hits you and you're like, ah. But anyways, we'll start with a, a journal entry like we usually do. Specifically the journal entry from Witcher 2. Um, so we have a rare monster here that is 
which are two and three. It's normally one and three, or just like three. I think this is the first one we've gotten that's been two and three. But anyways, uh, the Earth Elemental is the younger brother of the legendary Dao, the genie capable of creating earthquakes and flattening mountains. Younger and less powerful, but also more mischievous. Felling trees, crushing walls, and smashing people to pulp can be counted among this creature's pranks. It's just a prank, bro. So <laughs> so hitting me with like over half my health gone is just a prank? Just a prank, bro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but only if their master allows it, of course. The Earth Elemental always serves its summoner faithfully. It is most often employed as a guard, as it is tireless and always vigilant. It does have senses as living beings do, but it always recognizes the presence of intruders. It has no fear of monsters, let alone humans. This monster's most dangerous weapons are its mighty arms. A blow from the Earth Elemental is akin to a battering ram hitting a city gate and turns a normal human into a bloody stain. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. I mean, we. I mean, the times we see Earth Elementals typically is when they're guarding like precious valuables of treasure and all that. Mm -hmm. And typically, we see bodies near them. Oh yeah, for sure. It's reposts are especially dangerous for this apparently sluggish creature can strike swiftly as well as strongly. Thus, one has to defend oneself against its blows with all available means, including potions and signs. According to the fight fire with fire rule, or rather the fight strength with strength, one should also use strong blows against the elemental since only such attacks can grind its stone body down. The earth's elemental body, the earth elemental's body is solid rock. So the creature cannot be poisoned or blooded bloodied, it is best to summon a team of dwarven miners to use pickaxes on it until it's done for. <laughs> However, if the Witcher has no such team at hand, he should use regular means. The Earth Elemental, though it has no weaknesses, can be beaten. Okay, I need to know what Witcher out there has a team of dwarves at the ready with pickaxes. I mean, it depends on what time we catch Geralt. Well, true. Geralt's like the only that, well, obviously the only one. He's rebound. traveling around with Yarpin. Like, yep. he got a team of dwarves right there. But other than Yarpin, like, what other dwarves are there? <laughs> the ones of Mahak. True that. And, and Zoltan. Yeah, but Zoltan's not a miner. Zoltan's a drinker. That's... <laughs> You can say the same about Yarpin, but Good I'm, point. I'm sure they figure it out. Get them drunk enough, they'll figure it out. Uh, so, as for The Witcher 2, um, it is classed as a golem, uh, which does change in Witcher 3. Um, it is immune to poison and bleeding attempts, like we stated before, and it... Oh, you're yawning. I thought you were like, oh no. <laughs> I think you could uh you can take it as that as what it is. <laughs> well, you know, I, I see an oh no face and my immediate thought is oh no, this oh, wasn't no, recording. I, oh no, it can't be poison or can't be bled. <laughs> oh no. Uh, it is 
<laughs> it's susceptible to nothing. Um, its tactics are massive blows with its heavy arms, so at least it's pretty straightforward. Um, and when you kill it, you can loot elemental stone, amethyst dust, diamond dust, red meteorite ore, yellow meteorite ore, blue meteorite ore, and elemental trophy. Which um, all sell very well. Uh, and there is also an earth elemental labeled as Gollum in the cave under the Kaidwini camp near the shore by the North Guardian camp in chapter two. Uh, another one can be found found in Kingslayer's hideout. This is a thing that I was talking about with Jin. You'll have to cut this part out. <laughs> I think I was talking about with Jin is that whenever you're not live streaming, you fuck up so much more. That's fair. Yeah, because whenever her and I do, because like I can read these no problems except for like a couple of them whenever it's live streaming. But then when me and Jen record, it's like error after error after error after error, and I'm I've already had more than I normally do. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but when it dies, it drops an elemental stone, and you can loot all the trunks and containers it guarded. In one of them, you can find the armor of Banard. Now, remind me, this is the camp that we meet Deathmold in, correct? I'm going to say yes, but I got to be honest, I have... That's the only Nilfgaardian of... camp I remember from Witcher 2. It's the I one can, with Deathmold. Because you're on the coast. From Witcher 2. That's my problem. Oh, no. Witcher 2 is my the worst like one for my memory blanks. So you have more memories of Witcher 1 than you do Witcher 2? Yeah, because I played it more, more recently. Oh, that's fair. Or some of it. I tried I tried to replay it, and then I was like, yeah, no, this is rough. So I'm it's just going to wait for the remake. But rough. I did get a decent amount of the way in, so I do remember things a bit a bit more from that. So Also, whenever I'm doing research, it comes up more often, so it's easier to remember details whenever they, like, readdress them. That's fair. Like I said, the the monsters don't often like. So far, we've only had a few monsters that were like in The Witcher Two, since it's more like people, mm-hmm. big dealing with people and stuff. So, uh, but anyways, um, moving on to the one that probably our memories serve us both best: The Witcher Three. <laughs> yes. So at least that's true. Um, and we have the bestiary entry from that. Um, Ben, do you want to sure. take it away? So it reads, how to survive an encounter with an earth element. Simple. Run. Fast as you can. From Nino Merc, Bounty Hunter. Yeah, so um, that alone, you see, you see one and you're not a witcher. Just, just run. Because you will be a bloody paste. I mean, sometimes whenever you see one and you are a witcher, maybe you should consider running. I didn't do that. I remember specifically my first like playthrough of The Witcher Three, and I only remember this because it's the only time I've ever like fought a monster that had like the red skull. Because I, just, I'm not good at video games. I typically don't fuck with them whenever I run into them. But I was like, it was an earth elemental. It's slow, and it's not like. like it, it, it's in, it's not in white. It's not white orchard. It's in Velen, right? Is when you came across yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. It's in Velen. I think it's it's like the one that's kind of like, 
I want to say it's surrounded by like this, like these kind of Stonehenge like things or whatever, but I can't remember if that was actually there or if that's just a thing it did whenever it punched the ground. So yeah, I think I might have fought that too with the red skull. I mean, the best thing it's about slow Earth Elementals and you can, is you can roll easily, out of the way. You can easily roll and you can easily anticipate. Now, the first ever you know red skull monster I came across with, sadly, was a Leshen, and um, they're not slow. Yeah, they're really not. It was like, terrifying. I, I've run into plenty of like red skulls or did in that playthrough, but most of the time I avoided them. But this one, I was like, you know what? I could probably get like kill this thing. I think it took me like 35, 40 minutes. I didn't die at, at all during that fight. It just took me a while because like I was hitting it for like like a sliver. You could barely see its I, health bar move. I feel bad for your swords because the amount of repair cost. <laughs> it's you. fine. I I didn't repair it during the I just It just kept going and then I used like repair kits after. No, that's fair. But, but. Uh, with the uh, bestiary entry, earth elementals are made of mud, clay, sand, and rock dust clumped together with water brought alive with magic. While seamlessly slow and ponderous, these creatures are nevertheless dangerous and should be avoided at all costs. Earth elementals can withstand a tremendous amount of punishment. Due to their enormous mass, they are virtually impossible to knock off balance. They do not bleed, nor do they feel any pain from poison or even fire. Yeah, um, that is your one tip when you fight one of these. Don't go in for multiple attacks because it will not go off balance. It will straight up pummel you. Yeah, that's that's one of the things as well with, that I had to deal you with on that fight. One, so I did one hit. Strong attack, dodge. Strong attack, dodge. That's literally what you do. <laughs> don't use yep. don't use fast attacks on these things. Um, Absolutely. They kill men with astronomic astronomically ease. Astonishing. Astonishing. Gosh, words. <laughs> I was thinking you're talking about astronomy. This much. <laughs> astonishing ease whether by smashing them with their fist or hurling enormous stones at them their only weakness is their vulnerability to diuranium dust thus before combat one should prepare a full arsenal of bombs containing this ingredient ingredient so that that's that's a big um from witcher 2 to witcher 3 witcher 2 they're not they're immune to poison and bleeding but weak against nothing where this game they have one weakness and it's something you don't get early in the game yeah it's it's really not it's really not early at all so uh but you know whenever you have it it's 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 good to use because uh, yes. i mean to be fair you're not using uh dimeridium bombs on much of anything other than like elementals really yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, you can kind of save them. Or, well, I mean, it's not that you need to save them, but yeah, you, it's pretty much one of the only like few monsters that have a weakness to it. So, other than them, and then like you know, magic wielders. So, right. Uh, so it is of the class Elementa. So it saw a change from Witcher Two. Uh, it has the variation of Therazane. Or Thorosny? Thorosny? I don't know. Either one. Um, 
I'd go with Therizane. That sounds that's, more That's what I'd line. go with. Um, occur, they occur in Elven Ruins, Ermian's Laboratory in Care Trolled Citadel. Uh, they're susceptible to the Dimeridium Bomb as well as Elemental Oil. Uh, and when you kill them, you can loot Earth Elemental Mutagen, Elemental Essence, Fifth Essence, Infused Shard, a Lesser Glyph of Quinn, Monster Claw, Monster Eye, and Powdered Monster Tissue. Okay. It's weird that you can get Monster Claw on it, you know? And a Monster Eye. It's a made of I mean, it, Earth? Yeah. I mean, you know, you could make it have eye. It shouldn't have any of these monster parts, though, to be fair. No. Because it is, it is, what did but, it say specifically? Clay and mud? Right. Mud, clay, and sand, and rock dust. But, you know, at a gameplay mechanic, there's just probably coded in all the monsters to have the basic common monster loot. Yeah. So, there's that. Because game mechanics are a thing. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to... All right, game mechanics, uh, combat tactics. Uh, Earth elementals are a test of strength and endurance. Even with a silver sword coated in elemental oil, earth elementals can resist impressive amounts of punishment before crumbling, while being able to dish out frighteningly powerful blows with their fists. Axie and Igni also have a little effect, and Ard will only do a very brief stagger, by, if you're lucky. If by brief you mean a 0.001% or second stagger, then yes. Probably. <laughs> also, against an elemental of equal or higher level than yours, expect to have your silver sword go down to zero durability during the fight, even if you started at 100. No, the sword will still work. It just has reduced damage output. Hmm. Like you mentioned earlier. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what happened to Toasty's sword. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, precisely that. Uh, and you know what? This was like on my first playthrough. So this is probably before I had a full comprehension of like, you know, sword and armor durabilities, uh, like the, the effectiveness of weapons and what kinds of attack or not weapons, but like oils and what kinds of attacks and all of those things. <laughs> I was probably on the struggle bus for this one. Uh, but anyways, uh, dimeridium bombs make these elementals more susceptible to harm. They do not make them less dangerous. Strike once, twice if you judge it safe, then roll out of the way of an inevit inevitable counterattack. Use heavy attacks for better damage output. You should be alert for elementals to raise a foot high off the ground. What follows is either a powerful ground stomp that sends a wave of rock piercing through the earth in a line before the elemental, or a shorter range cluster of them surrounding the elemental. Now, speaking of this one in particular, it did this when I was fighting it, and I got the, like, circle. So I got, like, trapped in it. I don't know how I survived, but I managed to. I think I rolled. I think there was like a weird, like maybe a glitch or something, but I think I was able to like somehow like roll because I just kept rolling. And then I think I rolled through the like wall of rock, like through like a gap or something. I don't know. 
I don't think it was something that's intended to happen. Probably but it did, not. I always and I got use, out of it. You know, I always use Quinn when I come up against any elemental. It's like that's the best bet. Yeah, but like it was it was tough because that little circle is like it's small. So it's it's elemental and you just the little guy. Yeah, good point. <laughs> and like zero room to move. So if an earth elemental jumps off the ground, move away as quickly as possible. The resulting shockwave knocks down any nearby victims and also creates a ring of rock around both of you at a certain range, preventing you from escaping or getting too far away from the elemental. So maybe it was this. Um, the rock ring bleh, the rock ring disappears up after about 15 seconds. 15 seconds is a long time to be stuck in the cage with an earth elemental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the hammer blow the hammer blows delivered by an earth elemental's fist can be made easier to avoid by using Erden. Also, if you see the elemental crouch down and cover itself with its arms, do not attack. It will be partially deflected, partially reflected back at you, staggering you or breaking Quinn, and the elemental will soon slam its fist into the ground, creating a shockwave. Yeah, and that <laughs> happens quite a bit. Yeah, that's Don't typically the that. rule with with things that cover their face. Don't attack them while they're covering their face. It's not going to go good for you. No, no, not at all. Um, and especially like this is go go back to the like earlier where we're talking about do strong attack dodge, strong attack dodge. Yeah, this is the point where you with these things don't like if you're just mashing the quick attack button, don't do it. Just don't. Because then you're mm-hmm. going to get this, and you're going to go too fast to where it's going to just reflect back to you. Yeah. Like Ben was saying, Quinn is definitely definitely your best option against these. You'll be able to use an attack combo right through its slow, single, powerful attacks and put multiple hits on it before having to back off, then wait for it to recharge and repeat. The elemental is also slow enough that some of its attacks can be completely evaded by your quick short range dodge, allowing you to keep hitting until it finally catches you and breaks your quin shield. You'll need you'll need it. These things take a ridiculous amount of damage to defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if you do not wish to spam a quin shield, then you should use quin, then switch to Ard. Art is quite useful to stop the elemental in its tracks. It is a small stagger, but it will stop it from attacking, and the stagger can be used to the player's advantage to start up a world attack or perhaps get a heavy attack or two. Go with the heavy because it's going to be the best option. Yeah, probably. Although I don't think I ever tried to whirl against an earth elemental. You know what? I don't think I have either. I don't know if I should. That's fair. Because I just, I don't know. I just don't see it going well. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, because I'm definitely, like, that's the thing. I've never been a Quinn guy. Like, Quinn is, like, I've actually, I believe, and this is this is probably a wild thing to put out there, but I believe that I have likely used Erden more than I have used Quinn in my Witcher 3 playthroughs. Really? Yes. I'm like that with Axie. 
I don't use Axie for like barely anything at all. Axie is dialogue. my go-to werewolf sign because it straight up just stops them. You know, I've never tried that. I've always just used Igni. I I think I I think I did whenever I was the first time I ever fought like the the one werewolf that like killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Like I used um I just used it like I was using Igni, I believe, but like it, the regeneration was still just a such a pain in the ass. And then I just like I was like, I don't know, and I switched to Axie and I used it and the thing just like straight up like stopped moving for like me to get a full combo of attacks into him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I just started spamming that. So I was like, well, I don't know. But hmm. well, I'm not that's... a defensive player. I'm like an offensive player. So I like, I like to be a mix in between. I like to adapt. I just, I think, I think the thing just art is just so damn useful that it's like hard to like, get me to switch off of it that's fair birds agree so, especially have the upgraded where it's just a force push bubble it's or like super upgraded whenever you get like the mutagen stuff unlocked and do like the ice yeah the freeze so yeah uh but anyways uh last little bit we have here for witcher Earth Elementals, um, is a little bit about Therizane. That's the name we're going to go with. Uh, so um, we have their bestiary entry. I do not believe in ghosts. It is that simple. But my men say that the house shakes at night, walls crumble, why even the floors move about, by Kurt Desart, Count of Anchor. There's no such thing as a risk-free real estate investment. It might turn out your new home has a leaky roof, structural rot in the attic, a scratched floor in the living room, or elven ruins beneath its foundations, and within them, an enormous earth elemental just waiting for a chance to break free of its chains. (laughs) Yeah, I remember this quest because it was literally right on the house. I think it's I I remember it because it's the hardest damn earth elemental to fight because it's such a small space. Yes. There's no maneuverability in there, so you have to like be so careful. Fighting such a monster is no easy task. Its tough outer husk deflects all but the strongest blows. It can liquefy a man's bones with one crushing blow from its fists. Thus, one should never near it without first casting the Quinn sign. Liquefying your bones. From a punch. That's that's terrifying. That's a terrifying amount of force. It, yeah, and let alone this entry so far has been directing towards a witcher. Not a human being that's not a witcher. So, but they generally are talking about regular human beings, though, whenever they do these these things, because yeah. no one really understands a witcher's anatomy except for witchers. True, true uh, that. But I mean, it's still it's still wild to think of. I don't know. I don't even know what to like. 
compare it I'm to? tempted to be like, is there is if there's any like physicists listening to this, but like, is this even a question you can answer with physics or like, what is is this a biology thing? Like, what is this? <laughs> how how does one find out how much force slash what other whatever conditions need are required to liquefy bones, or if it's even possible? Oh, I'm mm. sure. I'm sure it's possible somewhere. I'm sure, it's <laughs> possible somewhere. One should have the Erdan sign at the ready as well, whereas the other signs, Igni, Ard, and Axi, are completely ineffective against it. In the end, the Witcher triumphed over the powerful Earth Elemental, and in doing so, won gratitude of and a reward from Countess Art. Uh, so, like the entry said, Therizane is a powerful Earth Elemental, which had been imprisoned by its previous owner in a magical prison located inside Elven Ruins found just underneath the Moldavi Residence. Uh, it is, of course, like other Earth Elementals, Elementa. Um, it only occurs in that one place. Uh, it is completely completely immune to Igni, Ard, and Axie. So don't even bother. They're not even Ard works anymore. And I think it said on the other one that it's ineffective. It didn't say immune. So Yes. Yeah, this is immune. Um, but it's still susceptible to the Dimeridium Bomb and Elemental Oil. oil um, and it... Cleaverhood, Earth Elemental Mutagen, Earth Elemental Trophy, Elemental Essence, Fifth Essence, Infused Shard, Lesser Glyph of Quinn, Monster Claw, Monster Eye, and Powdered Monster Tissue can be looted from its remains. Hey, the best thing is you get a trophy out of it at least. Mm-hmm. That's true. You get a trophy. I can't remember what the Earth Elemental Trophy does, though. Yeah, I can't remember the top of my head either. I don't remember ever putting it on Roach. Generally, I went with the XP boosting one, so... Yeah, that's typically what I went with as well. Mm-hmm. So... But that's it for the, our Witcher information. Yes. So, at this point, we're going to take a short mid-break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. Okay, they're they're on my external hard drive, so sometimes it like cuts like for a second. Why, I don't know, but that happens. But welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of The Witcher. And I just want to thank all of our patrons. Um, I don't have the list in front of me. Toasty, you might need to help me out with that. Oh, fuck. Wait, give me a sec. <laughs> I can't remember. Do I have it on my computer or do I have it on my phone? You'll have to cut the dead time. I forgot. I don't think we have any new ones. If I can settings log out. 
So, oh gosh. I have the, I, I don't have a list. Wait, do I have a list? <laughs> Bean. That makes sense. Uh, we don't have any new patrons, um, but we still uh, give our shout outs to our higher vampires. Uh, in this case, higher vampire Jared M. Uh, is Ben is no longer a vampire. No, I am a full blown witcher on the show his vamp- now. Vampirism, <laughs> which is great. Yes. Um, so, uh, but thanks to to all eleven of our patrons, Patreon patrons, patrons. I can speak. Yes, I patrons. can speak. That's I right. Promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for all the patrons, and also you can join the uh, the Patreon at patreon.com slash witcherlorecast, where you can get like you know ad free episodes. Or you can join us at the end of the month on the show of Topic of Your Choosing. We shout out in the Discord, um, which the Discord you can join is robotsradio.net or the Robots Radio Discord on robotsradio.net. And you can actually find uh, the show now on my Discord channel, Ben Ben and Friends Podcasting, which is the link in the description below, as well as you can find the channels for my other shows on both networks. Or on both discords, the this show, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, the Wizarding World Lorecast, and Holocron Histories. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to put into this mid break. Uh, we do actually have a new review. Um, so this happened. I believe this happened uh, on the day of the uh, the patron chat. Or the day after the patron chat last month, because um, it's from August thirty first, um, from Nikki M thirteen, uh, we got amazing show five stars. I have listened to every episode of this podcast and love it. I don't get as in depth as a lot of the patrons do. I make sure I read that right, but I do have to say I have have an original Witcher character that I've made improvements to for my Rin Fair that I'll be attending over the next few weeks. Super awesome show and can't wait for the ne- next episodes. Stay safe on the path. Well, well, we have something in common because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> yep. We got he Ben has his, his own original Witcher character, Ben of Tamaria, the shortest Witcher to ever exist. Hey, hey, no, there was a dwarf <laughs> Witcher in Nightmare of the Wolf, so I am not the shortest. Are you sure? <laughs> I am sure. And and I found Witcher Blades, a proportionate longswords proportionate to my height at my Ren Fair that I will be getting this upcoming weekend. So Fair enough. I will Fair have enough. I will have blades assorted to my height, which is fantastic. Cause I can actually then be able to sit when I have my swords on my back. <laughs> incredible um but yeah if you if you'd like to uh support the show in another way you can leave us a a review on apple podcasts uh as well as a rating on spotify or leave uh comments under the the episodes on spotify as well um 
and all of those uh, help to uh, get the show a, a bit more seen in the eye. So we appreciate it. That we do. But I can't think of anything else to add. Do you? No. No? I think okay. that's about it. Well, let's get back into more Earth stuff. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. Okay, we're back. And And now we have real world elementals. Yeah, which is weird. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt this at all. Yes, yeah, so um, I I did a bit of snooping, and like I will admit, when I first was looking, I was sure that I wasn't looking properly because of all of the like answers that I was getting, it just seemed so odd to me. Um, but the more I looked, the more I realized that this was the very like this was the answer um, most commonly used for uh, for like earth elementals um, and the origins of earth elementals. Um, And I did manage to find uh, an article that kind of really, it was a, it was a long article, Um, but it seemed to highlight a lot of the stuff about um, these creatures um, that uh, are putting it all in like one source of information. Uh, So (laughs) without further ado, um, this is just throws me off so much. Like I get that like a lot of the stuff we've had is weird. I, I wouldn't say this is the weirdest. It just is the, the most confusing, I think to me. That's fair. That is fair. Cause it's um something I definitely would not even associate. Yeah. So a gnome is a diminutive spirit in Renaissance magic and often found in alchemy living underground. They are often mentioned as one of the four spirits of the four elements, uh, making them the salamander for fire, the gnome for earth, the undine for water, and the sylph for air. Oh my gosh, now that I think about it, Frozen 2 makes more sense. Because gnomes have have earth magic in Frozen 2. Yeah, yeah, they probably drew it from this. (laughs) So they dwell underground and die there as well. Ancient and dark, they often wear monk robes. They're usually small and humpbacked, but may become giants. So I guess the ones that become giants at least align more with what we're used to seeing in The Witcher. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Uh So some sources say that the 16th century Swiss alchemist Paracelsus coined the word. Others say that the name gnome is said to come from the Latin word gnomus, which is thought to possibly come from the Greek word gnosis, meaning knowledge. But it is more likely rooted in the word gnomos, meaning earth dweller. Um, And they were first... This this first like concept with the like different elements uh, was written by Paracelsus. 
who classified gnomes as earth elementals uh, and described them as two spans high, um, which I'm not familiar with the span is in terms of unit of measurement. So, yeah. but I'm guessing it's probably pretty small considering the common presentation of gnomes. And they were, were reluctant to interact with humans and able to move through solid earth. The Chthonic spirit has precedence in numerous ancient and medieval mythologies, often guarding mines and precious underground treasures. So, I will say, a span is the measurement from a human hand from the tip of the thumb to the tip of the little finger. So, it's is it literally spread out? like a cross. Or is it like... That's the thing. It's like, do you do you put your hand like this, or do you like spread it out? It's like this. Like thumb is next to your uh, index, and then the others are spread out. Oh, okay. So, so they're roughly, a, you know, like probably like four, maybe five inches. Yeah, little guys. But the the whole thing here with like them guarding like underground treasures and things that aligns actually very well with the witcher 3 that's normally where we find them yes um so it's it's just so weird um notably in the germanic dwarves and the greek calibis uh telkinese or dactyles sometimes gnomes were said to have magical powers to protect or punish people or to reward them with happiness. Gnomes are also said to be guardians of secret underground treasures, especially gold. Even in modern times, gnomes are said by some, such as the highly influential mystic Rudolf Steiner, to be involved in the hidden processes of plant life. So, because, I mean, the this is the thing with, like, the, the concept, like, the garden gnomes, why people put them in their gardens. Uh, because they both true. promote like the plant growth as well as protect it from like hopefully my wife's sneeze didn't get caught on mic no like I have to be careful sometimes because sometimes I'll be on a discord call and like my wife will sneeze in the kitchen and somebody will say bless you <laughs> and I'm like how the fuck did you hear that <laughs> so you know I can't be too sure uh, more modern description of gnomes usually emphasize their bright red pointed hats, solid colored clothes, and the long white beard of a typical male. Though sightings of female gnomes are rarely reported, gnome women are generally thought to be beard-free. Gnomes mm. were said to wear, yeah, it's not like dwarves. Most yes. dwarves' representation, the, the women have beards too. Yes. So. Uh, gnomes were said to wear conical hats and be able to move through the earth itself as easily as we humans walk upon it. Yet if any of these underground dwellers were caught out in the daylight, it was said that the rays of the sun turned them to stone. Interesting. Very interesting. Unless you, like, see horror films with gnomes and, like, gnomes are become ravenish killers and then it's just, mm -mm. Because well, like, what's the part here? Let me see. I have to, I have to go back a little bit. But like, I mean, if it's like in the sense of like they're constructed the same way as like the Earth Elementals of the Witcher, like you'd have to like bring them together with water. Because like water is a part of their design. So what if it just, what if they just dry out? And that's really the only reason. It's nothing like 
mystical. They're just like, oh, the, the sun the rays just, just dried my skin, and I knew I turned to stone. Sh- yeah. <laughs> um, gnomes are very widespread species known to a number of. Uh, I don't like the way this sounds. Sorry. Uh, gnomes are a very widespread species in uh, real life uh, to many different cultures and, and locations. Um, there was a lot of names, um, um, some of them that I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce, so I'm not even going to bother. Um, but some that did stand out to me were the, uh, I believe just, it's also gnome, but it's uh, G-N-O-M uh, for Polish, um, which is just worth mentioning because, you know, we know so much of this is like Polish mythology inspired. Um, the Domovoy Dijedos, Jedos, that's uh, Russian, um, which I just remembered. Uh, I have to go back specifically and look, but I remember one of the other like bestiary episodes, one of the real world mythology things was the Domovoy. I think it was for like, Damn, it was something. Obviously, it was something, whatever. But I remember that we talked about the Dumb of Oi on the show before, or at least I think we did. Um, and then the Leprechaun and Cluricon in Irish mythology, um, which will probably sound significantly more familiar to most. So you're telling me I'm I could be related to gnomes because I'm Irish. I have Irish blood in me. I also have I'm Irish short. blood in me. And I'm I'm short. not short. <laughs> okay, I'm on the record. I'm five three. So, am so you're I short? I'm short for an average person, but I'm not the shortest. It's true. My my wife's shorter than you. My mother's shorter than me. So hey. Well, you know what? That explains why you only hit five three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them jeans play a big well sometimes. Uh, it's it's, you know, oh, it's, it's jeans because my father is only like five eight. Yeah, that's normal. But the thing is, right, is that sometimes the like there's like some some people in your line that like will throw you off because like so my uncle Marshall is six one. Um and uh but my grandfather, um and for both of these, um they have different mo- both of my uncles have different mothers, um, but the same the same dad, which is my grandfather. Um my grandfather's only five six or five seven about that. Um, and then their mother or, or my uncle Marshall's mother was like five two, five three, and he hit six one. And then my uncle Clint, uh, same grandfather, so or same father, so five six, five seven, and then his mother was five feet. My uncle is six six. Yeah, um, that happened to my cousin. My cousin's the same way. My uncle is my my father's twin, and both my uncle and ex aunt um, were like you know five between five five to five eight, maybe five nine. He's six five. Yeah, see, so like, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes they luck out in the the gene pool, so. Hey, maybe maybe gnomes become super tall too, and that's how they become earth elementals. I mean, to be fair, and you say, I say luck out, but like you know how hard it is for like those people that tall to find clothes. <laughs> I, I don't envy that. Nope. I'm only six one. I 
and I still tr- have trouble sometimes. <laughs> I don't um, have trouble at all. Fair. Um, gnomes are also comparable to the yokai and tengu of Japan. Um, those ones just stood out. I know, like they have tengu in uh, in in Pathfinder. I know that I played a tengu in Pathfinder before, uh, which I believe are like bird people with like kind of yeah. like samurai type origins yeah or whatever. they're typically short bird-like creatures with typically represented with like a katana at their hilt on their mm-hmm. side kind of a thing <clears throat> um and then of course they are widely represented in various forms of fantasy media um I believe the example that the articles gave was anything from like you know D and D, Lord of the Rings stuff, or whatever, to South Park. <laughs> Apparently, there's gnomes in South Park. I'm not surprised. I, I haven't watched South Park, so I wouldn't know. But apparently, yeah. Um, the type of gnome most frequently seen, and this is apparently apart from Paracelsus' per, Paracelsus's book. Uh, the type of gnome most frequently seen is the brownie. Or elf, a mischievous and grotesque little creature from 12 to 18 inches high, usually dressed in green or russet brown. Most of them appear very aged, often with long white beards, and their figures are inclined to rotundity. They can be seen scampering out of holes in the stumps of trees, and sometimes they vanish by actually dissolving into the tree itself. So essentially think Santa Little Helper Elves but horrify them. That's essentially what these are things. Just make them old and like trees. I mean, you know, this, I don't, there's nothing horrifying there, right? Well, mischievous <laughs> and grotesque. So. Oh, uh, that's fair. Oh, well. Uh, closest to the vibratory rate of the material earth, the gnomes work with rocks and flora in which they sometimes live. Pygmy gnomes, which I don't know, but isn't pygmy normally a thing to dictate like a smaller type of thing? Typically. So I'm just like, are these gnomes like these aren't your standard 12 to 18 inch tall gnomes? These are like your five inch tall gnomes (laughs) if they're pygmy gnomes. Um, but they live in caves far below the surface of the earth where they guard hidden treasures, cut crystal from the rock, develop grains of ore, and work with precious stones, gems, and metals. They love to hide things and can sometimes be miserly. Silvestris, satyrs, pans, dryads, hamadryads, thirdalas, elves, brownies, and little old men of the woods are tree and forest sprites. Bunch of different ones there. Like so many different ones. <laughs> uh, they gather in communities, live in houses, or in the plant or tree itself. Every plant has its own nature spirit. The earth elemental works with the plant, choosing its food and color. The larger the plant, the larger the elemental. When a plant is poisonous, the elemental is ugly and grotesque. When working with human beings and animals, it is with the healing of their bones that the elemental is concerned. Interesting. So I guess... The elemental doesn't like people and animals to heal themselves? 
Well, it sounds like they will heal like their bones of of humans and animals, but that's the only thing that like will like I guess draw their attention about humans and animals. Like if they break a bone, they can help assist to it. Which I guess like symbolically, like with the bones being the foundation of the body, and True. like Earth being a foundation in itself, that kind of makes sense. I might be stretching, but you know symbology usually is sometimes <laughs> yes oh god yes <laughs> uh gnomes may be malicious or tricky when their trust is not earned but loyal and nurturing if they are not in some manner betrayed their association with the direction north causes them to be at times despondent and melancholy gnomes may marry and have families female gnomes being called nomades uh, their clothing may be of the material of the plant they occupy or grown out of themselves, and they love to eat. Hmm. Interesting. No, yeah. Nomenes? No Nomenes. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ben has a problem with the term nomadies. I do, I do, and it's just like I, I, I want to say something, but I shouldn't say it. <laughs> I think I know where you're at, and I think my brain's at the same spot. I'm just not going to say it either. <laughs> uh, gnomes consist, or yeah, gnomes consist of a number of different types. The most common is the forest gnome, who rarely comes into contact with with man. Uh, or with people. The garden gnome lives in old gardens and enjoys telling melancholy tales. Dune gnomes are slightly larger than their woodland brethren and choose remarkably drab clothing. House gnomes have the most knowledge of people, often speaking their language. It is from this family that gnome kings are chosen. Farm gnomes resemble their house brethren, but are more conservative in manner and dress. Siberian gnomes have been more interbred than other gnomes and associate freely with trolls. They are much larger than the other types and have an infinitely more nasty nature. And it is best never to evoke the ire of such gnomes, for they delight in revenge. I mean, if I lived in Siberia in like the cold, cold weather there, I wouldn't be in the best of moods either. That's that's fair. <laughs> Gnomes are usually an average of 15 centimeters tall, but in some stories they are said to be around a foot in height, but with its cap on it appears much taller. Their feet are somewhat pigeon-toed, which gives them an extra edge on speed and agility through the wood and grass. The males weigh 300 grams, and females are 250 to 275 grams. The male wears a peaked red cap, blue-brown-green pants, and ether felt boots birch shoes or wooden clogs around his waist is a belt with a toolkit attached holding a knife hammer etc they're fair face though they boast rosy red cheeks which i think comes across in a lot of like gnome depiction oh yeah uh, long beards adorn their faces and turn gray far sooner than their hair the female wears gray or khaki clothing consisting of a blouse and skirt to their ankles she also has black gray knee socks and high shoes or slippers before she is married she dons a green cap 
Prior to marriage, her hair is hanging down. The outfit is completed by or complemented by a green cap and braids, which later disappear under a scarf while the green cap is replaced with more somber tones after she marries. So much detail into their clothing. That, that is just so much detail in general. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which granted, gnomes are pretty prominent, so like fair enough. Males are the guardians of animal kind and show little preference for their animal friends. Notwithstanding their aversion to cats, both wild and domesticated, they are known for freeing wildlife from man's traps and for operating on farm animals who owners have neglected them or who are simply too poor to afford a veterinarian. That's cool. So, uh, there. Okay. So, t- long term short here, um, if you own animals, just just let them be. The gnomes got you. And the gnomes got <laughs> you for sure. Don't got to worry about it while the gnomes are around. Their enemies are mainly trolls, and other beings who would try to destroy them are their homes. Otherwise, they are mostly peaceful beings. And this is the part that, like, this is terrifying <laughs> because they're 15 inches tall. Most gnomes are seven times stronger than a man and run at speeds of 35 miles per hour and have better sight than a hog. Don't piss off a gnome, bro. <laughs> that's that's utterly terrifying. You like think you some think, Ant-Man shit. Yeah. So that's like Spider-Man, Ant-Man level right there. Just think. To me, it's just thinking like you see like you're in a car with an ostrich running literally side by side to you and its head is looking at you and it keeps running to me. It's like, don't, don't, don't make this thing mad because if you do, it will come after you. Yeah, for sure. These abilities help the gnome to do many things such as find wounded dying animals for which they feel they are responsible for. Um, because of their love for animals, all the animals of the forest are the gnomes' friends and are willing to help them at any time. Many people say that gnomes have elevated practical jokes to an art form. But most especially, they love gems and jewelry and are considered by many to be the best gem cutters and jewelers in existence. Uh, they are generally vegetarian and never worry. The main meal consists of nuts of assorted varieties, mushrooms, peas, beans, a small potato, applesauce, fruit, berries of all kinds, tubers, spices, vegetables, and preserves for dessert. As a beverage, the gnome drinks mead dew, fermented honey, fermented raspberries, which have a very high alcohol content, and spiced gin as a nightcap. The gnome eats no meat, so often consumes the nectar of the high-protein plant called Vicia septum. Or, sorry, Vicia sepium. Now, now I'm just thinking of gnomes having a nightcap of gin and, you know, their rosy cheeks become more rosy. <laughs> Which, uh, from what I'm seeing, uh, Vicia sepium is... Uh, a flowering plant in the pea and bean family. So it makes sense. Yeah, you can ferment alcohol from that. 
No, that's the high protein nectar. Oh, that's the hoop. Okay. Yeah, which I mean, you know, beans have a lot of protein in them as well. It's a good substitute usually. So, makes sense. And that's a. I would say that's about it. But you know, that was plenty. <laughs> that was plenty. Like that's that's a lot for. It's just so weird just to think like gnomes, of all things that is like. The Earth elements. That's where these Earth elementals our, come from. Our mythology and everything is gnomes. Like, mm-hmm. What? That's incredible. I love that a lot. But I mean, it, like reading through the stuff, like finding out this information, it's not wrong. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that's like we see Earth elementals guarding treasure, protecting locations, always like typically underground or like around spots of like dense like earth and so gnomes did it's it's wild but it that's true yep so um from what you can get from this episode just go buy a garden gnome that's all you do go buy a garden gnome and let it protect your treasures yep (laughs) yes it will (laughs) but I have nothing else to add for this episode. Uh, neither do I. Um, I guess is jump into our uh, end of the show. Um, if you want more of me, um, we're back now. We we took I, I took like that week to try and figure things out, but um, from this point forward, we're getting back into a steady steady schedule of Witcher Lorecast episodes. Uh, we're coming up on October, which people who've been listening to the show for a while know what that means. A month monsters. of straight bestiary episodes talking about yes. monsters, because that is what we do in October. Um, More of the fact I'm scared for the patron chat. <laughs> Scared for the patron chat? <laughs> because we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> At least you and um, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually what happens. Um, so, but yeah, um, if you want to get on September's patron chat, uh, you still have a couple weeks um, before that happens. We have one more episode of regular content in between before the last Monday of the month. Um, and... Uh, I also do the cyberpunk lorecast as well with Genesis um, where we talk about uh, the world of cyberpunk um, with Phantom Liberty coming up fairly soon. Um, we've been getting into a lot of the information for like Phantom Liberty, like live streams that they've been doing and stuff we've been seeing. Um, and I also do the cyberpunk red live play podcast, cyberpunk, cyberpunk apostrophe D with the fumbling for and almighty crit gang. Ben, where can they find you? Well, they, you can all find me on this show as well as the other shows I host. The Holocron History, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends, uh, Final Fantasy Lorecast, and the Wizarding World Lorecast. All on the Robots Radio Network. So, just like how you can find this show, you can find all the other shows that I'm a part of. Same as uh, the Cyberpunk Lorecast and Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Yep, all those can be found... Uh, you can chat with us on the Discord. You can find all that information at robotsradio.net. Um, and let me just uh, end this episode by saying welcome, Ben, 
uh, to to the show, to, to being a host, no longer a patron. Uh, I'm excited to have you and see what fun stuff we, we get to talk about on this show. Oh, you know we're going to talk about a bunch of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be crazy. If in if you want to hear me me and Toasty more, go back and listen to my earlier episodes of Holocron Histories on my patron chats because we have a wild ride talking about Star Wars, specifically with Obi Wan Kenobi and how a friend family friendly show has some three f bombs in it. <laughs> This is not a family friendly show. This and one's I can not. Say, this one we can I say want. it wherever. But my show. Is I'm but not yes. good at family friendly. <laughs> but so. yes, um, you want to hear more of us before? Well, before this episode, you can go check out my other shows. But uh, I think that's what we got for the Witcher lore cast for this week. Thank you for listening and. Stay safe on the path. Thank you for listening to the Witcher Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, where you can share your thoughts, comments, or even experiences with the Witcher lore. You can also find us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. <laughs>